welcome to this King's Church talk. We hope that you really enjoy it. If you have any questions, please email us on admin at kingscc.org or you can go to the website www.kingscc.org. Thank you. It's Mother's Day today and for me this is a nice day. My daughter makes a big fuss of me. Um, But what I find hard sometimes is coming to church on Mother's Day and I think... I know there are folks here who find Mother's Day really hard. Maybe that's because they don't have children. Maybe because they don't have a good relationship with their mum. Maybe because their mum's passed away. Uh, All sorts of reasons. I lost my mum 22 years ago. And when I was in my early 30s, my mum started having falls and strange symptoms. And within four years, she'd passed away from really horrible degenerative disease. Now, she was a good mum. She made the best of quite difficult circumstances when I was a child. And although she got things wrong, she did her best. And I still miss her now. And I wish that I could still talk to her now. In the time that she was ill, I ended up mothering my own mother. I did things for her that I could never have imagined doing or even imagined I was capable of. It was a hard time, but through it all, my mum's faith shined out. And even at her funeral, someone gave their life to Jesus. How fab is that? So today I want to focus on a particular attribute of mothers. I wonder if the kids know what an attribute is. Do you know what an attribute is? It's a strange word, isn't it? It's a quality. Do you know what a quality is? Something good about our mums, yeah? And it's a particular attribute of mothers in the Bible, of mothers in history, and those that are here today. And this is a quality that the Bible tells us we should all have. So just because we happen to be talking about mothers, that doesn't mean that the men men here can switch off. It definitely applies to everyone. And in Genesis it said, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. So if we're all made in God's image, this quality, this attribute that we're going to talk about is an attribute of God and therefore is something that's inbuilt in us. So we're going to start by going through a story in the Bible about an amazing mother. And it's a story of a little boy who was in great danger and whose mother had some difficult choices to make. So I'm going to need some help to tell the story, and I'd really like the children to come and sit down here so they can see what's going on. Bring your mums, bring your grands, bring your dads. Come and keep me company. Give me a bit of paper. Come on, Grace. Are you going to come sit down here? Brilliant. Thank you, darling. Okay, so do you remember the story of Joseph? You know, him with the coat and the dad, and he got sold to be a slave. And he was an Israelite, and he lived in Egypt for a long time, and he worked his way up to be Pharaoh's second in command. Do you know who Pharaoh was? Who was he, Grace? 
He was. He was like the king of Egypt. And they called their kings pharaohs. Now the Israelites were suffering from a famine. What's a famine? Do you know what a famine is? Do you know what it means when you say, I'm famished? No food. And that's what a famine is. There was a famine where they lived in Canaan. And so they went to live in Egypt where there was food. Now in the Bible it says that they were getting numerous. Anybody know what that means? What does numerous mean? Lots and lots and lots of them. That's right. And they had babies and their babies grew up and they had babies. And now the king of the land of Egypt, who remember was called Pharaoh. So we need a Pharaoh. And I had a look around the church and I thought, who looks sort of Egyptian, wears shorts, no socks? Do, do take a seat, Pharaoh. Could you hang on to the bottom bits of that? On your chin. On your chin. Okay. So, he's very important. Does he look important? Now, this, this pharaoh is not the pharaoh that was around when Joseph was around. So he didn't know all about Joseph and how Joseph had helped the people of Egypt. And he was starting to get worried. Can you look worried? He's looking worried. <laughs> he said to himself, if there's a war and all these Israelites that live in our land team up with our enemies, they're going to beat us. They're going to win. So what he decided to do is he was going to get all the Israelites to work really hard. He made them his slaves and he bossed them about and he was mean and he was nasty. And he thought, if I do that, they won't have time to have any more children so they won't get any more numerous. Okay? And it, it didn't work. They were still getting more and more and more of them. So what he did next as he called the Israelite midwives. Who knows what a midwife is? Anybody know what a midwife is? You heard that word before? Somebody over here knows what a midwife is. <laughs> so a midwife is a lady, usually a lady, sometimes could be a man in this day and age, who helps women when they're having their babies. Okay, so he called them over and he said something really horrible. He said that when the Israelite mums have their babies, if they're girls, you can let them live, and if they're boys, you're to kill them. That's horrendous. He's not very nice, is he? <laughs> but the midwives didn't do it. So Pharaoh called them back again and he says, why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you doing what I said? And, he, and they, the Israelite midwives said, well, the Israelite women are strong and they're vigorous and they have their babies before we get there. So they know that their babies are alive. So the next thing he did is he got all the Egyptian people and he said, go and find all the boy babies of the Israelites 
and throw them in the River Nile. How horrid is that? Now then, we had one mother. There's always one. There's always one. And she had a little boy. And we need to find a mother to be the mother of this little boy. Katie, would you come up here? <laughs> so she'd had her baby and she'd managed to keep him hidden for three months. And then it was getting too dangerous. So she made him a basket. Would you like to get your basket? <laughs> Save me making a mess. And she covered the bottom of it in tar so that it would be waterproof. And she hid it in the reeds at the edge of the River Nile. And she put the baby in it. And then the next thing she did was she got her daughter, Miriam. We have a Miriam here. And she said, Miriam, could you hide in the bulrushes? Miriam, do you think you could get your bulrushes from over there? Do you remember? There we go. So you need to hide and watch what happens to the baby. Make sure the baby's okay. So the, the mum went back to her house and Miriam watched the baby. Don't go too far, Katie. <laughs> then along came a princess. We have a princess. We need a few attendants for our princess. Would you like to be an attendant? Okay, we're back again. She was coming to the River Nile to have a bath. So you'll need a towel if you're an attendant. There we go. I'm not going to staple it to her head. Right. <laughs> Here we have it. She's come along and she's coming along to the River Nile and she's going to take her bath. And when she was in the water, she saw the basket and she wondered what it was, so she sent one of her attendants to get it. <laughs> and when she looked inside, she saw this beautiful baby and she said, oh, this is one of the Israelite babies. And she felt really sad because she knew what her dad had said about them. Now Miriam was watching. So Miriam quickly rushed out of the bulrushes and came over and said, would you like me to get one of the Israelite women to come and nurse her and feed her for you? And the princess said, yes. So Miriam ran off and got her mum your mum and the princess said will you take this baby and feed it for me and I will pay you <laughs> the princess named the baby Moses and that means to draw out apparently and because she drew him out of the river to draw as opposed to drawing that's his name his name was Moses now Thank you very much to all my wonderful... We'll carry on with this story. Now, for the children on the floor over there, there's some colouring pages for the younger ones, and then there's a sheet of paper with um, the word mothers on it. And if you could find a pen and see if you can get as many words as you can out of the word mothers... Now, I went on the internet and I had a look and it said there were 156 words you could get out of the word mothers. And then I looked at them and most of them were complete rubbish and I'd never even heard of half of them. So I don't think you're going to get 156. But in there is one word that's really important and I'm going to be talking about it so you need to listen out at the same time for that word. We aren't told how Moses' mother felt about having to leave him. 
but I'm sure we can all imagine what we think she would have felt. So without looking any further, I started thinking about it and I started thinking about my foster babies and thinking how I felt when they went and they weren't even my children and how devastated I was. And I was thinking, Crumbs, this mum must have... It must have just been awful for her to let her baby go. And when I thought about it, I imagined fear. She loved him. She definitely had been emotionally attached to him. And as a foster carer, I've learnt lots about attachment theory. And how children attach and how babies attach and how mothers attach. And so I was thinking about that. And then... I found in the Bible, in Hebrews 11, it said, By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's command. So they had amazing faith. I think probably still inside, she was probably still worried. She probably really didn't want to give her child to the princess. We don't know how long she kept her child. Presumably, definitely, until he was weaned and didn't need to drink milk anymore, but that might have been a very long time in that time in Egypt. Now, I stole this paragraph from somewhere, but I can't remember where. So what kind of impact do we think Moses' mother had on her son during the early years of his life before she gave him over to Pharaoh's daughter? The truth is we can only guess. Did she have contact with, his, with her son during his growing up years? And if so, how much? What was it like between Moses and his family? We definitely know that Moses knew his sister Miriam and his brother Aaron were his sister and brother because they interacted later during the time when they all escaped from Egypt. Although we know little about Moses' mother, there's great significance in her actions towards her son. Not only did she care, protect and provide for him in unique and creative ways, she was an instrument of God's purposes in the life of Moses and in the nation of Israel. And as she lived out her life amid a rather desperate situation, she acted out of her faith in God, not in fear. She trusted God's work and leading, and in this way she served as a deliverer, so to speak, of the deliverer of Israel, Moses. And as it turned out, the child she delivered would later deliver her and her people out of bondage and lead them toward the promised land. This mother loved her child enough and in a truly selfless way, she let the princess raise him rather than see him die at the hands of Pharaoh. She had faith in God. What I wanted to bring out of this was the self-sacrificing nature of Moses' mother and most mothers very difficult to be a mother without being self-sacrificing. But I want this to turn us towards the sacrifice that Jesus made, that God made in sending Jesus. That sacrifice that we heard prayed about, that's so much more than the sacrifices that we make, that it can't really be compared. In Philippians 2, it says... In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, 
by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by being obedient to death, even death on a cross. Now, there are many people over the years of my life who have given up time and resources to help me through the difficulties that I've faced in my life. They've sacrificed their time for me, and their input in my life was like that of a mother. They nurtured me, they helped me grow, and I, in turn, have had that opportunity and that privilege to do that for other people. If we're truly to live our lives to reflect the life of Jesus, we need to be willing to set ourselves and our needs aside and put others first. In Psalm 119, it says, Turn my heart towards your laws and not towards selfish gain. And there's some other verses I'd like to look at that we're going to put on the screen. 1 Corinthians, it says, No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. In Philippians 2, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. And in Proverbs 11, it says, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. That all sounds quite easy, doesn't it? But it's not, is it? It's not always easy. But it's so worth it. So, so worth it. Over our years of being foster carers, it's, it's not been easy. But a lot of it is so worth it. And the step that we're about to take in adopting the child that we've got at the moment... That's not going to be easy. It feels a little bit easy at the moment. But when she's 13 or 14, I don't think it's going to be particularly easy. But it's going to be so worth it. It's going to be so worth that sacrifice. So, kids, have you found the word that I've used a couple of times? What do you think? No, hero's a good word. <laughs> hero's a good word. I've sort of said it a few times and it's sort of in the verses that are on the screen. Others. Others. So the word that we can get from mothers that I've been talking about is others. We just have to take the M away. And that M could be me. If we take the me away, it's others. In 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 7 and 8, Paul said to the Thessalonians, Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. My prayer for us today is that that could be said of us. A generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed.